Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Hi, We're everyone. Here. Christine just saved all of us, or at least all the people who watch YouTube. Christine just uh, saved all of you, so you're able to watch YouTube, because I almost forgot to press record again. Oopsie. So. It happens. It happens. It happens. We forgot once again to tell Eva what time we were recording. So this is, like, I don't know why we keep flying so close to the sun, like, leaving it into our own hands that we're going to do this episode without Eva's, like, supervision. I think because we've found out that it does work, it just also is confusing it's for people also dangerous because we sometimes forget to record but that's okay Ugh, can you imagine? oh hey eva by the way we did a whole episode also forgot to record um that's where you come in can and now you go it, back now in time and film yeah. us or what now what <laughs> <laughs> um oh how is your day christine it's a monday um oh, how was your weekend Oh, it was lovely. Thank you for asking. The weather was great here. Um, we just bopped around. I I am having a very rough Monday and I Why? want to. Okay. So I feel like maybe this is karma. I don't really know, but I feel like I've been feeling really weird about the last episode when I talked about how like parenting is so great and everything. And I didn't want anyone to get the wrong impression that I was like, oh, this is a piece of cake. And like, oh, I don't think anyone got that. impression. Okay. I think I like, I don't even remember how the conversation went, but I've just been like, doing that like late night like mulling it over my head over and over again thing um i i'd like to think anyone who listens to us at this point uh probably knows you at least relatively well to know what you meant by it yeah i hope so and so that's what i'm hoping but so last night i got about three hours and 15 minutes of sleep and i'm like (laughs) struggling and i'm like this is what karma this is it i was like oh parenting's great we're having so much fun and we do so much stuff that we love and then oh boy it kicked me in the ass um i mean i i i obviously don't have a child so of course my opinion does not matter and yet here i am inserting it anyway but i like to think that (laughs) parenting probably ebbs and flows where there's some pretty awesome parts and then there's other parts where like i don't care who you are like i'm sure you think your baby's like a little angel all the time but sometimes i imagine parenting just fucking sucks like yeah I, yeah and i feel it's like 24 7 like you can't yeah. escape it and so i was having like an, obviously an especially great day that day and i mean don't get me wrong it is i think i had built i think the the very specific things my anxiety had terrified me about were the things that i was like 
that didn't end up being the biggest problems for me. So I was just so surprised when I had the baby and I was like, oh, okay. So like all the things I was so scared of, like Blaze and I would never speak again or, you know, things mm. like that never happened. So, but I didn't want it to come off like, oh, everything's easy peasy. And I will also add like, um, is very dependent on the situation. Obviously I'm very lucky. I have a partner who has, um, several days off a week and works from home. Um, and also I am on Zoloft for severe, uh, I almost said paranormal anxiety, uh, <laughs> postpartum, paranormal postpartum anxiety. So, you know, that helps to just mm-hmm. like putting it all on the table here. Like there's a lot that goes behind my statement of, oh, I'm having a great time, including medication. So I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, wow, she's just like blah, 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 you know, floating through life without thinking of, you know, ever. Yeah. See, I took it as, hey, because I just said like, oh, sometimes parenting's great and sometimes it fucking sucks. I, I took it as like, oh, hey, you're having a particularly great day. That and maybe tomorrow it. won't be a great yeah. day, but but today's today's a good one. I'm glad you understood me. Um, And, and don't get me wrong, today's fine. <laughs> but I'm really have you had any tired. days? Have you had any days yet where you're like, this does fucking blow? Oh, yeah. Um, Mostly when i'm not when i have not slept because sleep deprivation is its own kind of torture um it's it's a real thing yeah but um for today i made myself um with my fancy nespresso machine i put a a a homemade attempted latte in this oversized cup and then i also brought two pieces of a giant toblerone from the duty-free shop in toronto so everything you eat on here always looks like it's garbage like like (laughs) your drink your drink looked good but like a little raccoon every time you show me a snack you're eating it's always in the most torn up busted wax paper it just looks like you're scraping it out like my mom would send me to school with like literal like parchment paper around like i was living in the 1940s and it really does look like you're like look what i found Well, I'm going to be eating this Toblerone and drinking this espresso, double espresso, so I feel like I'm going to be having a good time. Um, All right, but, good. Uh, before I ask you why you drink, which I will ask, but I also want to point out, yes, we did realize that Amanda covered the same case I covered last week, uh, Ter- Teresita Bassa. Um, oh. We, we didn't realize it until uh, somebody like, effort- immediately was, after. <laughs> we're like, oh, wait, this is familiar. Um I felt bad. I didn't listen to all the episodes when I was gone. That's fine. Because, um, you know, baby. Also, um, I, well, hey, I listened to it twice and both times, equally amazed, equally surprised. <laughs> so yeah, um, I was surprised. I was like, hey, I feel like you would have remembered. But no, but I guess not if I told it. I guess if it would have been a different context. I'm telling you, people really think that I, I mean, and I hope it, it does not offend you, but the amount of information I retain from this podcast is shockingly minimal. <laughs> And so you told me that story. Never, as far as I was concerned, never heard that goddamn God, in my life. If only we didn't have an audience who, well, don't, don't take that universe. Don't take that literally. If only we didn't have an audience. That's not what I meant. Oh, oh, what, oh, oh, oh. What, what I meant was if only we didn't have an audience and that way we could um, just, I could just tell you the same stories every couple of weeks, just recycle them and you'd never Honestly, know the it would work. And it's so wild because even like Ted Bundy, have you covered him before? Have you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, so- like it. A it doesn't even it doesn't matter you know because you know i don't want to say like oh one story is more important than the other or one story is more memorable than the other but i think it's just like i my brain just doesn't i i promise i'm invested as you're telling me the story but if you like three weeks three months later if you're like oh, oh do you remember this story compared to others 
I'll not, be honest. I'm probably not. It, it's probably for the best. I don't think you want to retain all of these. Uh, Do you horrible, retain all the stories you cover? Not all of them. Many of them I will hear or read about like the first couple bullets and then I will it'll like come back to me or if I'm watching a TV show I'm like oh, this sounds really familiar and I know what happens next but um I kind of wish I could erase a lot of it <laughs> from my mind. Maybe that's what happened that's what's happening. Maybe my brain's like you don't need this. You don't need this I, it's energy. It's probably your your soul saving you from the trauma of uh, remembering this in the middle of the night. Maybe, but then again, I'll say like my own stories that I do active several hours of research on. I don't remember like what <laughs> Like two weeks ago, we did like a, a jail in Minnesota or something or Missouri. Couldn't tell you what happened in it. I, it and it's not because I don't care about the story, but I think it's just so much information churned in on a weekly basis there that it just falls away. A gas chamber and only three people were killed in it. See, I remember the horrible stuff. Oh, I don't know. I wish my yeah. brain like would just delete that part, but oh well. No, I feel like I just remember like the, I think because for me, hopefully for you, this just feels like I'm like, on skype with my friend and right, so right you're just like i feel chatting. like I, re I remember more the friend conversations in between everything right right that too yeah yeah i don't know and maybe that's why i drink this week because i feel probably a little guilty that i don't remember all the stories but also like i'm i, I, I am grateful that i don't know i think it's for the best i think we we're, all agree it's for the best we're coming up on 300 episodes that means there's 600 stories between oh. the two of us Jeez. I'm happy to not have a little encyclopedia in my brain of every horrible of thing all we've the talked about. Murders. Yeah, that's probably for the best. Anyway, I think that's why I drink. I don't, I kind of, also, I'm really sleepy too, but I'm never going to say that to a mom of a baby. You, so you can say that all you want. I'm sleepy, but um, <laughs> I have a feeling I'll be able to fix it before you and your sleepiness. Yeah. I mean, so. maybe give me like almost two decades and then I'll get back <laughs> to you. <laughs> really? I like to think of it as like, wait till. The kid's like 15 because stereotypically they're probably not going to want to be around you all the time anyway, right? Honestly, stereotypically they also sleep in and I sleep in. So I'm like, yeah, let's fucking sleep till noon. Yeah. Y'all might vibe better when they hit like high school. That. Yeah. Yeah. I was one of those kids who I, I don't know if it was good or bad that my mom never tried to wake me up when I would sleep in because I clearly had sleep issues from a young age and it was never addressed. Right. But right. like. Because I was the high schooler who, if it were the weekend, I was sleeping until like basically sunset and like then waking up and just partying and then doing oh it God. all over again. I know. I know. I was like and, taking, I was like going to my piano recital. Oh no. I was, <laughs> I would, I would stay up, I mean, until like five in the morning and then go to bed and wake up when everyone else was going to bed. I mean, it was super problematic and my sleep schedule is still probably naturally like that because anytime I let myself have whatever my sleep schedule is, it always turns back into that. You like, like, yeah, nocturnal. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd still, if nothing stopped me, I would wake up at sunset. Um, and I don't know if it's okay that my mom was cool with that, but, uh, you know, maybe we'll see what you do with your kids. Good we'll luck. do like sleep till noon, then get up. That's and fine. That's probably a, a I'll much let you healthier have coffee, route. Even though you're 15. Like that's, we'll do that. Oh, I don't think I was allowed to have coffee at 15. So that still makes you the cool mom, even though they're waking love, up earlier than me. I love that your mom's like, you can stay out drinking with your friends till 6 a.m., but no coffee for you. <laughs> it was a weird household. <laughs> <laughs> End of that. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, but it was a weird one. Um, anyway, oh, when this comes out, my mom's actually going to be in town. So Hi, Linda. I can confront her directly on the sleep situation. Oh, please don't um i will i'll probably be bored enough i'd like to stir up some shit so oh, well then facetime me first 
it gives about like 48 hours into ever seeing her. I'm like, okay, it's time to revert back to who I was. Let's call the problems. <laughs> I love that feeling when you're like, suddenly you're like all petulant and surly and you're like, what's wrong with me? Oh, right. I'm being a teenager again. <laughs> I feel so, I, I, it, I'm sure it's like a, a thing that everyone experiences when like you, or, you know, grew up in the same house as your parents and then you have to see them. Like I've never ha- experienced living with my mom as an adult for longer than a few days or maybe a few weeks. And without question, I always turn back into like a 15 year old <laughs> and poor Allison has to like, you know, is whenever they see each other within two days, Allison's basically watching me be a teenager. It's so be embarrassing, but I can't oh, stop God. it. I can't well, stop it. You know what? That's the, that's the, the cross Allison bears dating you. She has not left yet. So, so far so good. Knock on wood. All right. That's why I, I guess I drink for a lot of half reasons this week so and are you drinking anything by the and, way and my trash snacks yes Emma, oh you're drinking your you. your espresso thing yeah, yeah, my yeah, yeah. thing that i put in this uh this is a shark tank cup from a local bar where they put um vodka in uh sprite and then they put grenadine in like a shark and they put this the oh i've shark. seen those that look so fun but i'm so stupid and like the first time i was like you forgot there's no grenadine in this and then oh, i like Christine. pulled the shark out and I, the grenadine went everywhere i'm yeah, too stupid to realize it's right. in the shark um so i collect these giant cups from there and then put like my weird trashy fake coffee drinks in them have you had the drink since knowing how to insert the grenadine into the cup i have and um it's a blast more of a blast than that coffee drink you're having way way more this is not great oh oh <laughs> i thought you like nailed your drink no um, i usually don't I, I try and i usually don't gotcha yeah uh, i think the only thing we have in the house right now is water so um that's that's what i'm on <laughs> that's what i'm on today yeah there's also coffee but i obviously don't drink that because my mother raised me right oh, um, yeah true <laughs> If thinking about salsa in a variety of delicious flavors and heat levels makes your mouth water, you need to check out Green Mountain Gringo. And make sure to turn the jar around and take a look at its clean backside, a list of its all-natural ingredients. Of course, that's what I meant, of course. And all their products are preservative-free, too. With the medium salsa, you get hearty chunks of tomatoes, tomatillos, peppers, and onions in every scoop. I'm reading the ad and my mouth is watering. Uh, Anyway, the hot salsa brings flavorful heat to every meal with each bite containing jalapenos, serrano peppers, and other savory herbs. Plus, they've got a hot sauce with a tangy, spicy flavor that enhances the simplest of meals. It's perfect for avocado egg toast or tacos. I sort of feel like they're reading my mind because I put salsa on almost everything, but specifically, I use their salsa. I use usually the medium salsa and then uh, also the hot sauce on my avocado egg toast. And I don't know how the script knew that maybe everybody eats this but i always make toast with avocado and then i put scrambled eggs on top and i put salsa i can't eat it without salsa and the green mountain gringo is always there for me in the fridge because it really adds to i mean any meal if you're me but definitely the eggs avocado toast situation visit greenmountaingringo.com and start shopping use the store locator to find green mountain gringo products get inspiration for recipes and purchase products using promo code podcast 24 for 20 percent off that's promo code podcast 24 and don't forget to check out their backside <laughs> this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay, so here's my story, Sweet Christine. Oh, okay. I love when I call you Sweet Christine. Also, it makes me so happy. I feel like talk about reverting back to childhood. I'm like, yes. Well, there's one of my favorite things that you do. Um, it always makes me feel so valid. Aww. I, well, it it's nothing you can control. It just happens, and then when it happens, I go, huh. Ah, and then what is it? It's whenever I say something and you're agreeing with me, you go, it is. <laughs> really? It's I don't know what if I said like, oh, it feels like that feels really icky i don't know i'm trying to think of a random word it feels really icky you go it is and also and oh. you just and you just keep going but it's like the way you say it i'm like wow you meant it it is <laughs> uh there was uh, a moment that happens i think in some of our i don't want to give anything away but in some of our from the live show i think there's a part where i say it it oh it doesn't matter i'll go back in the clips and find it oh yeah you I, say it's so scary and i say it is all of a sudden sinister and alarming <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what the i don't know i next time it happens i guess i can point it out to you but it usually happens so quickly that by the time i would mention it you'd already be on to the next thing but it's usually when you're like not fired up yet but about to get fired up about something uh, i'm like so then, yeah so then I also don't want to stop you and point it out because you're you're about to fucking go off. And I love when Christine goes off. <laughs> you so, probably serve me an alley-oop. You're like, it's icky. And I'm like, and here's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's me serving alley-oops like the athlete I am. Okay. That's uh, the only reference I know. Alley-oop. <laughs> I, I think the last time I heard someone ever say alley-oop, I was like nine. And I was watching Playing like with a Max Keebler or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Here's my story. This is a cryptid, and it's a cryptid I've wanted to cover for a while. And I don't remember, I feel like at one point I actually tried to do notes for this, and then I said, never mind. And I don't totally know why. Maybe like Ooh. something else came up, and I felt like it was more topical. But um, uh, this is the Fresno Nightcrawler. <gasps> I was just wondering if you've ever covered this because I saw, I don't know, some like tchotchke somewhere about it. And I was like, I don't think I've. M has ever covered this. Honestly, I don't know either, as we just learned in our last conversation. That, like, <laughs> right, true. I don't know. I We literally have an episode list where I could have reviewed it, but um, no, I don't it's think too you, late. I don't think you have. I don't think I have either, but, you know, we'll find out from other people, I'm sure. Eva will be eek. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've done it twice in a row, folks. <laughs> Okay, so the Fresno Nightcrawler has been seen... Also, I wrote these notes when I was severely tired. Um, so, you know, we'll see how this goes. Excellent. Okay, Fresno Nightcrawler. The Fresno Nightcrawler, or the FNC, as my notes have it, um, <laughs> is, has been seen multiple times, but only on footage, no face-to-face -face encounters, which is... Ooh. Uh, I think it's one of the main reasons why the... Fresno Nightcrawler is considered uh, a cryptid that nobody takes super seriously because if it's only ever been seen on footage, it's very easy for there to like, sure, be like a hoax. Footage. Uh -huh. Yeah. Also, it's not always taken super seriously because the Fresno Nightcrawler has only been witnessed maximum three times. Oh, yeah. So not a lot of 
you know, evidence out there. But if I if I remember, it's very creepy looking, though. It is very creepy. It looks like a tooth. Yeah. But the, you know, like the, the pokey parts at the bottom of the tooth right. are its legs and very long. Yeah, it just and it looks like yeah. two legs and a little head on top. Yeah, it's creepy. Um, so the first sighting is uh, the first sighting that's taken seriously is in November 2007 in Go Figure, Fresno, California. And I think Fresno, by the way, no, it wasn't Fresno. It was Fillmore or something. Something that sounds like Fresno was where uh, they had the Back to the Future convention in 2015. Oh. Every time I hear Fresno, my heart skips a beat and I'm like, oh, was it? And then I go, no, it was a different area. It was a different <laughs> city with an F in it. <laughs> different city that starts with an F and ends with an Oh, doesn't even end with an E. Okay. No. Fresno <laughs> with an O, California. Uh, in November 2007, there was a guy named Jose. And he set up uh, his camera or he set up security cameras outside to see why his dogs were barking in the middle of the night. Mm. And one night he woke up and he ran over to check the cameras and he saw that there were two creatures walking around his yard. And I guess some edits of this video um, that you can find online, they might be shortened. And it basically the, a lot of the footage nowadays looks like there was only one creature but the long original versions that there were two creatures walking mm. in his yard um so he saw two creatures walking around he said that they were uh one of uh, so there were two of them but one of them was smaller than the other and following it and a they baby were night crawler a baby night crawler and they were both uh around three feet tall that was like the average between the two of them they had very long legs and no real upper body. In fact, Jose described them as a literal pair of white pajama pants that had come to life strolling across his yard on their own. It's a really positive way to look at it. I think I would go with your like haunted tooth analogy before pajama pants, but it looks like a tooth, but then I guess so does white pajama pants. Uh, it, sort of. I guess so. I mean, you Google it and you tell me which one you think it looks like, but it looks like both as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just looked like white pants walking around, which in my mind, I would be like, oh, that's a ghost wearing pants. Or I'd be like, oh, that's right. the invisible man or something. Um, so he is seeing this happen on his cameras and to make sure that he actually has this footage documented. He runs and grabs a handheld like camcorder and he films the security footage on the monitor. Oh, cause it's not like a recording. It, I don't know if it was recording or maybe he didn't know if it would record oh. and wanted to make sure. So he grabs his camera and he's filming the monitor as this is happening. Right. And somehow the original security camera footage was lost or maybe never recorded at all. So all we have to go off of is Jose's camera footage of it. Mm. Uh, the camera footage of the camera footage right right, um right. and unsure of what to do with this video um jose sent it into the local tv station and they were unsure of what to do with the footage and they didn't know if it was legit so if they should air it or not and uh they ended up calling one of their contacts named victor camacho 
And Victor Camacho actually was uh, a resident nearby who hosted a late night paranormal radio show. He was like the actual radio rental or whatever. What mm-hmm. uh, What's the one that Terry Carnation does now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Dark dark Air. Dark Air. He, he, this is actual Terry Carnation <laughs> with an actual Dark Air. Um, so Victor hosted Los Desvelados, which was known as The Sleepless Ones. Ooh, spooky. And so he happened to run this paranormal radio show, and I guess he had a background in film, and he was a paranormal investigator. So Uh they were like, this guy, let's call him and see if he knows anything about this footage or from what he's talked about or heard about. Maybe he has some answers. So Victor comes in to the TV station, and uh, I guess this is where he also talks to Jose and asks him questions about the footage. And Jose seems really reserved about it. He seems super freaked out. He doesn't want to talk. Um, so he's kind of a dead end. And Victor's like, I'm not getting anything out of him. And I guess he saw the footage, but the the station didn't actually give him a copy of it. So after that day, Victor could never look at it or, you know, look further into it on his own. Okay, so okay. it all kind of became a weird dead end. And when they hit this dead end, the network was like, well, let's air it anyway, because Victor didn't say it seemed fake. And like, even he was wondering if it was authentic or not. And that's good enough for us. So let's air the footage. So that was about four months later when the TV station decided that they were going to show people like they were just having like a slow day. Yeah. (laughs) And like, hey, local local pajama pants running rampant. (laughs) Yeah, four months later, the network decided to air the footage, and I guess Jose saw that it went on the air or something, and so he called Victor to say, like, hey, I saw that it was, you know, played, but does that mean that we there's any more information about the video? Oh. Did you figure anything out? And Victor said, no, the network never gave me a copy, um, so I wasn't ever able to look into it further. And Jose said, oh, I didn't know they never sent you a copy. If you come to my house, I'll give you one, and you can look through it yourself and you know, take all the time you need with it. Um, Can I ask, is there a reason why they haven't, like, he hasn't just, like, uploaded this to Google Drive or emailed it or something? uh, I think it was, because it was 2007, so I don't know. I guess that was kind of a while ago now. I think, um, I don't know what the tech was like at the time, but I imagine. 15 years ago. (laughs) I mean, 2007, wasn't that the beginning of YouTube? Uh, about, I think, 05 or something, or 04. Yeah. And I don't know if there was a way to convert a literal camera. I guess you okay, could. it was on a camcorder a... or something. Yeah, it was on a camcorder. I don't know if... Uh-huh. They if probably you... had those weird mini DVDs that we all thought were the future, and then... Oh, never, yeah. Never wow. happened. <laughs> you really brought that back out of my We have so folds. many of those, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> I, I, that's got to be maybe what he... I don't know. I don't. He clearly could put it on a computer if he was going to be able to make him a copy. Or I don't even know if it would require a, a computer. I don't know what would what that. But would, that makes sense like that he would burn have to a come. CD? Yeah, something like that. So that makes sense that he would have to come to his house because I was just wondering like why doesn't he just email it? But I guess this makes sense because it had to be on a physical copy. Yeah, I can't imagine with the in two thousand seven was also right around like LimeWire era. Oh yeah, and the true. fact that like uploading a song took like three days. I can't even imagine <laughs> what the data would look like of trying to <laughs> upload a video and then send it somewhere. Yeah, that's a very, very, very solid point. Probably would have taken the exact same amount of time for Victor to drive all the way to Jose's house and grab it, if not faster. No, so um, So he goes to Jose's house to get his own copy of it, 
And while he's there, um, Victor decides to investigate Jose's yard since that's where the camera caught these things. And I guess because he can now see everything um, proportionally, he was able to determine the height of these creatures. And it seemed to be around three feet. Okay. Um, Shortly after uh, Victor had his own copy, I think only like a couple weeks later, he ended up going to the 2008 uh, MUFON UFO Symposium, Mm. which is... uh, So MUFON is the Mutual UFO Network, and it's like the big ufo group and every year they have a symposium or they have a uh, a get together where a bunch of ufo experts and enthusiasts will show footage or have lectures and things like that i've wanted to go i'm part of mufon and i've never been to an event yet but i always thought it'd be cool but it seems like it's like a straight up very serious conference where they like it's not like a it's not it's not like alien con yeah (laughs) right (laughs) i guess it is but it's like a more like an adult version you and i would show up and like glow in the dark and like have (laughs) like glow bracelets and they'd be like you need to you actually need to leave this is really inappropriate be dressed up like inflatable aliens or something (laughs) so in 2008 uh victor or a couple weeks later victor goes to the 2008 mufon symposium and he brings this footage with him and does a lecture for people but even the people in the audience like everyone working together nobody could determine what this creature was Mm. um two years later the footage i don't know how but got passed through you know the grapevine and the show fact or faked paranormal files which was aired on my dad's favorite siffy um it's actually their second episode ever it was season one episode two um they did an episode on the fresno nightcrawler i think this is actually where they dubbed it the fresno nightcrawler um so up until that point it was just like the pajama pants i don't know um (laughs) bananas and pajamas minus the bananas (laughs) Um, and that so, has a, ring, a good ring to it, Em. Good job. <laughs> Thank I you. I think that'll stick. It'll surely uh, make its way somewhere, maybe to the garbage, but <laughs> to the trash. Can. <laughs> uh, so they tried to, uh, on Siffy's Faked or Fact, they tried to recreate the footage to the best of their ability to prove that it was either a hoax or that it could be authentic footage if they couldn't replicate it. And they decided that this footage was, quote, unexplainable, and it would at the very least be very difficult to fake. So they never said it was fact, but they did. Whoa. That was an an accident. I'm so sorry. It was insulting, but also hilarious. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I get it, though. fucking buttons to hit. Honestly, that was the perfect button because I was saying like, oh, we don't know if it's authentic or not. So whatever. I didn't even notice where that was coming from for a minute. And I was like, right, my foot. Okay. I, is that, where your, is that yeah, where your mixer is? floor. And that's the problem is I keep accidentally kicking it because I fidget, it. fidget too much. That's a bold move when you've got two cats and a baby who's about to crawl. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of oopsie daisy buttons. Yeah, being it's, not pressed. My, it's not my smartest decision in life. And yet I probably will never change it. No, I don't think you will. I can almost <laughs> confirm that. For fact or faked, that is a fact. <laughs> so they tried to recreate the footage. They couldn't figure it out. And basically they came to a dead end just like everyone else. Okay. Um, and this is probably what gave the Fresno Nightcrawler its more public platform. Because I think up until that point, no people didn't know uh, across the nation 
who the Fresno Nightcrawler was or what right, the right, Fresno right. And now it's 2010 and it's aired on this TV show and it's I think that's where it finally gets its name. I see. So uh, not even a full year later, in 2011, we have our second sighting of the Fresno Nightcrawler, mm. which is in Yosemite, California. And the National Park's security decided that they were going to set up cameras to catch a group of people who had been breaking in and destroying property on the park, in the park. And on their camera, they ended up catching another pair of very short creatures made mainly of leg. I thought you were going to say another pair of pants. And I was like, ooh. A pa- oh, hey, a pair of pair of pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, was, the creatures were mostly leg and um, <laughs> nothing but leg. And they, Is that what he said or what you said? Uh, I don't remember anymore. Probably a combo mostly of Mostly leg is quite a phrase. Mainly made of legs oh, is what I have leg. written here. Uh, Also, they had no arms and a small upper body, if any upper body. So Mm -hmm. uh, just a pair pair of pants going for a little national park stroll. How lovely. And uh, this is considered the other main evidence of the Fresno Nightcrawler. However, this video, um, I guess analysts are more inclined to say is debunkable. Debunkable. Um, debunkable mm. you know that's a word sure. um so i think uh the the original jose's video seems to be the one that people take the most seriously but then once you get to the yosemite footage people are like okay like maybe not real but then again i don't know why like the yosemite national park service that's what i would was about to say debunk this or so you mean I, like would fake it like why or would, would fake it yeah why would they fake it i mean i guess some, they they could but it's just like a strange it's not just some rando it's like oh no the national park service is like let's get in on this hoax maybe with, i don't know without knowing anything about the national park service i feel like they're always looking for ways to draw people in like you oh, want to come to our that's park a good point and maybe they're like hey we have a cryptid so do your worst you know but yeah, then come on in I don't know, but then they also just set up security cameras because people were, like, breaking in and, like, causing a ruckus. So I don't know. did they? Because maybe they faked the story, you know? Who knows? I don't know, but people have said that the the footage uh, just really looks like pajama pants walking around. So, Uh, And many think that this video in particular could be reproduced with CGI and someone with a pair of stilts where they just, like... I guess walk them around and make it look like they're moving on their own. Bizarre. Okay. Uh, There's another video that's often brought up. This is technically like the third piece of evidence, but it's if the original video was taken much more seriously than the Yosemite video, this third video is really not really taken super seriously. Oh, okay. But these are the three that always get mentioned in all the sources. So the third one is that some guy in Poland swears that he saw the Fresno Nightcrawler. Oh. Um, and he caught it on his handheld camera, which was like very shaky and the video quality wasn't super great. Also, it was in Poland when the only other two witnesses have been from California. Right. So people were like, mm, that doesn't track. And there is the argument of like, oh, after 2010, when this became like a, a nationally understood creature, you know, people could be the faking and the hoaxes could really blow up. So like right, this guy like from Poland international now. Yeah. And he could have just seen the show and been like, Oh, I've seen something like that too. I, so we don't totally know. And that's one of the other arguments for the Yosemite video, because it came out a few months after that right, sh- episode right. aired. So it's like, uh, maybe they, they, c- they could be just trying to capitalize on that somehow or 
jump in I the bandwagon. I think it's a genius marketing ploy, though, if you are part of the park service trying to get more people in. so It's not a bad idea. I mean... If you work for a park um, and you make up a cryptid and just like swear to secrecy about it and just make it look as realistically as possible, I'm more likely to come to your park. Uh, you know? M will be M will probably be there. That's someone who doesn't hike saying I would come to your that, park like that. That's a that's high praise. That's a ring ding dinger as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> no okay, okay. <laughs> so the yosemite and poland videos are often included as i said in the fresno nightcrawler story but they're often very debated about how doctored the footage might be right. um again i am most inclined to believe the yosemite one since it's the national park service offering this footage but whatever um and on top of those two videos always being included in the story, there are also several videos that have surfaced on YouTube or there's been stories from Redditors claiming that they've come in contact with the Fresno Nightcrawler, but they are always, almost always considered hoaxes right off the bat. Right. Um, I think no one really believes it because every time footage has come out, it has been more easily debunked than the last right. one so at this point it's like yeah 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 we've all seen the fresno nightcrawler okay um <laughs> to a point where several youtubers uh this was back in like 2011 ish so probably right at the height of when youtube was blowing up yeah right i would say 2011 yeah, yeah. um a bunch of youtubers took it upon themselves to uh make videos on their channels where they tried to debunk the footage of the fresno nightcrawler oh one of them his name was phil polling and he had a channel called para breakdown and basically they the whole goal was i guess in each episode to like find a spooky video and debunk it or oh. myth busters it in some way yeah and so him and his group uh tried to recreate jose's original footage and as far as multiple sources went i don't know if you're listening phil polling but um para breakdown is known to be the the one YouTube channel that was able to make a near replica of Jose's footage oh. using just using puppets and wires. Oh, interesting. So they were able to at least, I don't know if they were able to say like, Oh, so the video is definitely fake, but they were able to certainly make it look the same. That's so, interesting. So this is the first time we've gotten a hint as to how it could have been faked if it, if it was faked. Yeah, and it's uh, puppets and wires. Okay. But um, another thing to note with Jose's footage is that it's the easiest to judge, but the hardest to replicate because of how distorted the footage was. Mm -hmm. um, because it was a recording of a recording on right. outdated pixelated technology. Right. Um, and here's a quote from one of the sources. The original video is the video that comes off of an off-the-shelf security camera, which is then filmed on a camcorder, which is then dubbed by a TV station, then edited into a news show, then DVR'd, edited into a video file, then put onto a projector at a conference and filmed by yet another video camera and then oh. uploaded to YouTube. Oh so, my God, that's the whole process of it? That's a lot of layers. I think it was like a multiple people uploading the same... like multiple people recording the recording which was recording the recording and it just became this like big mess of a and then video. Um, when you downloaded it off napster at the end it would be like <laughs> dj blah, 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 and you were like Fuck, i just spent 12 hours downloading this copy of the song every 30 seconds it goes it. Ah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> some fucking idiot throwing his name into it <laughs> i remember uh 
one of my birthdays, my friend Cole, it was like my 15th birthday. So it was like 2007. Uh, he burnt me a CD of like all of like our favorite songs and I couldn't even enjoy it because ev- it clearly every song was bootlegged and <laughs> every, every 30 seconds it was like, uh, it was like Calabrese remix. And then it would say <laughs> Calabrese remix every 30 seconds. And in a song that's three minutes long, that's, yeah, it's gonna be that's really a lot of Calabrese annoying. remix. And so, uh, <laughs> And he texted, he was so proud of himself. I think it was the first whole CD he had burned. Oh, and he was like, what do you think? And I was like, I can't be honest with you about this. Re- <laughs> that was a remix. If this were an April Fool's episode, we could just have Eva <laughs> underneath say that every 30 seconds throughout the entire episode. <laughs> I think Calabrese would sue us 10 oh, years true. into the past. True, yeah. <clears throat> Ten, for, stealing, for stealing their free napster content yeah okay <laughs> calabrese if you're out there i hated you <laughs> I but really like look at this platform you. you've got now you know calabrese hey, i i wish you had this platform in 2007 otherwise i don't know maybe you're doing really well good for Who you knows? if that's what's happening oh but wow i really you did not make songs enjoyable for me i gotta be honest i think i still have the cd because i couldn't it was i obviously got attached to it but absolutely will i ever play it forget it man uh, anyway well, so this video what we're saying might as well have had a calabrese well, remix that's from, what i'm saying i feel yeah, like yeah. it could very well be yeah well so <gasps> what sorry <laughs> what i opened calabrese soundcloud and i didn't know it would autoplay and then it began oh. autoplaying in my <laughs> ears and i didn't know if you could hear it or not no i thought like i don't know you it's, you it met sounded, the ghost of calabrese or something i did because it sounded like this whoa, 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 whoa. and i was oh. like what the hell is the sound um so no. anyway I, i'm out of here now i'm i'm glad you're checking in is she doing all right i think i, I, I don't know because i don't think this is even anything that's probably think, not the same person I don't no even, i don't think so um that so person's th- probably like a 45 year old mom now or, or something <laughs> i don't like, know oh i don't talk about those days <laughs> If they're listening, they're probably like covering their ears and rocking right now. Being like, like, I never Please wanted don't anyone me. to find this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So basically the footage was. Um, it was a Calabrese <laughs> remix. <laughs> and it was the easiest to judge, but it was the hardest to replicate just because it was so pixelated. Sure. That there was almost no way to properly replicate it. But also it was so easy to judge because you could be like, that's not real. Like, Sure. It, because it's so warped at this point or so degraded. Right. Um, so at this point, Jose has passed away, so he can't confirm or deny anything about the footage. Um, all we know is that he did seem really rattled when he handed it off to the station in 2007. Mm -hmm. So people say like, okay, if he faked it, like he was fully faking his behavior too. Right. He didn't seem like he wanted to get on the news and talk about it or anything. Yeah. And to a point where he actually kept his, um, last name private and everything, he didn't want it to affect his family. So he did seem like he wanted someone to give him answers, but he wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And there have been sightings, uh, other sightings of similar creatures, but they are not officially deemed the Fresno Nightcrawler. Um, one of them is actually before Jose's time in 2004, when in Indiana, there were two different sets of drivers one night who saw a six foot humanoid on the side of the road with long legs who moved <gasps> in a disjointed, oddly way. Oh, I don't like that. 
I don't either. And in 2014, which is after all of this, uh, in Ohio, a couple saw an, I quote, alien run across the road and into the woods. And the couple described this alien as a seven foot humanoid with long legs, no face, no arms, pale and gray white. Um, and it's so it's similar in some ways. Uh, yeah. But the main difference between them is, first of all, neither the Indiana situation or the Ohio situation. The creature was not in, in California. Right. Um, the creature was like double the height that it's right. said to be. And um, well, maybe the ones in California were two babies. Maybe they were babies. Yeah, that's or yeah, maybe the taller there are taller ones that are more dominant or a different sex or a they're, different, you know. They're the Midwestern the, the <laughs> Midwestern bread butter. The Midwestern Fresno. monsters compared to the, the four foot babies in the Yosemite <laughs> National Park. Um and what was the other difference between them? Oh, that the ones in Indiana and Ohio, they were seen by themselves when both California instances, the Fresno Nightcrawlers were like buddy systemed. Mm, interesting. Uh, so those are the main differences. And uh, again, they, they seem kind of similar, but not entirely. So they're not fully included as part of the Fresno Nightcrawler theory, but those stories are always mentioned as like, oh, similar things have been seen. Right. In fact, in 2014, the Ohio story, um, they ended up just coming up with a completely different name altogether for the alien that they saw. And so <clears throat> it is called the Carmel, Carmel area, Carmel, Ohio, Carmel. I, I don't know. Carmel. Um, it's so the one that they saw has officially been named the Carmel area creature. Oh, so it's i guess it could technically be a fresno nightcrawler it's just twice the height it's just the grass-fed version <laughs> yeah yes it's organic um <laughs> sorry no the california <laughs> one's organic oh right, right, right. <laughs> this one's pumped full of hormones and soy don't you worry oh it's the one that zandy is like probably putting out flyers for I yes, think. yes 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 he wants to save it um so the carmel area creature if you've heard of that it could also possibly be a fresno nightcrawler mm. uh, so other than the indiana situation and the ohio one there haven't been any official reported sightings um the other thing that makes those two separate from the fresno nightcrawler is that they reported seeing something with their eyes and the other two instances were recorded on camera footage right so they're just a little too different for people to take them seriously i guess okay. but um the official Fresno Nightcrawler, for anyone who cares, uh, is it's described as the following. Around three feet, looks white or gray. Uh, it literally looks like walking pants. Um, and since they're shorter, it looks like children's walking pants. Uh, they are uninterested in human contact. There have been no official face-to-face -face encounters. And they go in pairs, usually one smaller than the other. And the explanations so far have been the following. It could be an alien. Fair enough. Yep. It could be a crane-like bird. Oh. It could be a deer standing upright. It could be oh. an undiscovered primate really a lot of options here wow <laughs> um it could be a person hoaxing us with puppetry or stilts uh -huh. um and it could also be some people think it's just straight up a ghost because fresno and yosemite are said to be haunted areas right um and i personally think that maybe like my next question what do you think it is 
my I personally think it's like one of it's maybe someone walking around in those like super reflective pants and the camera just caught it on night vision. Oh. You know, like flash pants and all that yeah. were like because I have a pair of them and I I don't maybe in 2007 like people just didn't know a lot about them and it's so weird because every time you cross the street people start screaming because they think there's like a pair of Thank walking you. pants and i'm like what are they so scared of they honestly they are more scared when i'm not wearing pants that's but, the truth <laughs> that's true um, you're trying to do them a favor okay <laughs> but uh no it's like i bank night curler <laughs> that's me <laughs> except i'm certainly up at night i was gonna say you are nocturnal we already determined <laughs> that certainly not the day crawler that's for sure <laughs> um but uh yeah i have a few pieces of clothing that like when you turn your flash on it like glows insanely bright and it looks yeah. super cool in pictures and like that would make sense because it blocks out the rest of you like all you can see are the pants right and if there's like a floodlight or like something that's triggered yeah. by motion that would go turn on that's interesting I would, um i would love to see someone try to rec like i would love to just see anyone on cctv footage walk around in flash pants and it's gonna look like the fresno nightcrawler i've never seen this footage this fresno footage i'm just gonna look up the pictures because i feel like um i've googled it before at night and it scared the hell out of me it Ew. does look creepy they are so freaky looking i'm gonna be honest with you okay does it look a little bit like a tooth yeah it does and does like it look it. a little bit like pajama pants it does it yeah. looks like it looks like can i tell you what it looks like you're not gonna like this it looks like a thneed to me Chris, I'm not the making that up. up. Look at okay, you're I'm, fully a liar. It's, I'm sending you, just, you a picture. No, I'm serious. Why would I think of that? Well, what? okay. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> okay, a thneed. It has those two long, creepy legs. I don't know. It looks like a thneed to me. To be, you just keep wanting to say the word, and honestly, <laughs> you've got two creepy legs. So I don't know. <laughs> it looks like a Christine, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm sorry, a Christneed. <laughs> I'm sending you a picture. <laughs> attachment oh it does look it looks it, okay you're right. right a little bit you're right oh. but i really need you to not say the word anymore it's i'm gonna stop I, horrific I am, I'm, I'm gonna stop for today um but it's yeah, honestly it's... worse than the image of <laughs> <laughs> fresno nightcrawler oh my god that would talk about haunting m's nightmares um so i personally think it's someone just wearing reflective pants that's Com such an interesting theory and uh especially if like the yosemite people already thought somebody was breaking in right i mean i also to be fair i didn't see the footage of the yosemite one so maybe you can see a lot of stuff around them and like right, you would clearly right. see an upper torso like i'm talking mm. out of my ass here but my first go-to gut opinion was oh it's just reflective pants and it's blocking out everything else but i could be totally wrong it could i'm sure that was someone's theory at one point and it got debunked and so i'm late to the game but that mm. was my first thought that's um, a really interesting theory i like it Thank you. And then also there has been speculation that the Fresno Nightcrawler is part of local native folklore. Oh. There was a theory for a second that um, some of the tribe members in the area even came forward and said, oh, the Fresno Nightcrawler has been here forever. They have long legs because they live in swamps. And so mm. the legs help them like walk around in the swamps. Um, and their whole purpose is that they're here to help us uh, to help humankind connect with nature. Well, that's it's not working because I would not leave my house if I saw that thing in my backyard. Are you kidding me? Well, so here's the other thing, though. There are other sources that say that either this whole 
the native tribes discussed this. There's other sources that basically say that never happened or it was revisited and debunked that there is no native lore Mm. similar to this creature. Um, There was even a point where someone claimed that they saw native artwork, which I don't even know what that would mean, but someone saw native artwork and statues of the Fresno Nightcrawler, I guess in their mind to like connect them of like, Oh, there's, native artwork of the fresno nightcrawler that means that the fresno nightcrawler has native roots um Mm. or indigenous roots and then someone was like well where's this artwork and he was like oh it's at a california dmv and then what (laughs) and then apparently nobody's ever been able to find this dmv that has the artwork so i feel like someone just completely made this shit up in like a weird random way to be like oh you know, maybe there was artwork that looked like the Fresno Nightcrawler and someone just decided that. I'm and one con- question, they were like, oh, shit, what's a place that no one will ever go to follow yeah. up with DMV? <laughs> That's where I found it. So basically, there's no proof that this art represents the Fresno Nightcrawler. Well, there's no proof that the art even exists, let alone there's no proof that the Fresno Nightcrawler and the uh, and it there's has local indigenous lore involved or that the Fresno Nightcrawler is connected to native lore at all. So, um it it's kind of a phony baloney way of trying to incorporate right to make it seem more legit or like yeah 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 yeah. so the only thing i have left to say is my favorite thing about the fresno nightcrawler it's one of my favorite things about certain cryptids is that most people are very aware of how unlikely it is that this thing exists um even though a lot of people say okay the jose the original footage from jose is kind of weird and like We've been able to replicate it on that YouTube channel, but like for the most part, like it is creepy and it can't be explained. Yeah. Other than that, most people are very quick to be like, ah, oh, the Fresno Nightcrawler 99% does not exist. Oh. Um, and I just love when cryptids are like loved and also known to be complete bullshit. But yeah, like I, there's a lot of people who truly stand behind bigfoot slash sasquatch sure sure sure. and there are even people i remember who are like really about the jersey devil mm-hmm. um but then there's like things like mothman where like everyone's like uh 99 sure that's not true but also could not love him more and so could not love him more i mean it reminds me of the squonk like that's yeah basically fiction squonk for sure squonk is like the funnest story ever I just love when cryptids have a fandom and everyone's like very aware it is a completely fabricated fandom. So I'm, yeah. I'm into it. Um, and honestly, the, the Fresno Nightcrawler in particular, I wouldn't say more so than Mothman, but uh, definitely competing for the title uh-huh. with Mothman. Uh, Fresno Nightcrawler has quite a lot of fun things you can find on Etsy. Just yeah, to, like, that's where I've seen it a lot, like on stickers and like plushes. I've seen a lot of crochet mm-hmm. plushes. There's actually, I just looked earlier and there's someone 3D prints, I think life-size Fresno Nightcrawlers. Ooh. It's only like, well, it's only like two or three feet. So it's like, it could be like a little thing that sits in the corner of your apartment but they also glow in the dark like so it looks like they glow at night it looks like you have your own pair of flash pants in the corner (laughs) (laughs) honestly you could just go buy some like white flash pants from goodwill and just thumbtack them to the wall you've got yourself a fresno nightcrawler but um but yeah i thought that was super fun that like in terms of cryptids that have their own fandom, you can certainly find that out for yourself on Etsy with, uh, yeah. with this one. So I, there's a lot of cute stuff. It's just such a weird looking creature that it's like probably fun to make merch for. 
Probably, yeah. Um, and anyway, that is the Fresno Nightcrawler. I love it. Um, I'm telling you, I've been like so into your stories, and maybe it's just because I'm on Zoloft now. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like loving it. <laughs> I really wish you had been on Zoloft our whole friendship then, because hey, you uh, recently, me too, baby, <laughs> you recently make me feel a whole lot of love with everything that comes <laughs> out of my mouth. Oh boy. Well, thank you. That was a good one. I've always wanted to learn more about the Fresno Nightcrawler. Um, and because I think it's arguably if it if it were real, I think it's one of the creepiest looking um, cryptids. Personally. It's super it's super creepy. And I feel like maybe him and Mothman are like kind of been like, will they oh. won't they? Yeah, you get it. I, oh, I absolutely get it. And by the way, folks, I don't know if uh, we've talked enough about this yet, but hmm, we're doing another a round two of our cryptid poetry slam this uh, this summer, late summer. It's officially, we said last year, it's our new annual thing. And yeah. usually we don't Follow know. Through. <laughs> we, we try so hard, but we just get forgetful. But no, no, no. I, I remembered like a month ago. I was like, that's coming up. We need to keep on. So it is officially an annual tradition. And we are bringing it back. It was a, a what was it last year? It was a poetry slam slash auction slash live show. Is that it what was, it was? So it was a live, so it was a poetry slam. And uh -huh. it was also a live auction. Live auction. Uh-huh. And so we had small businesses, a lot of them cryptid based and even wooden dildos, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, and you know, and that's why we drink themed jewelry, just all sorts of fun stuff for people to bid on while we did our um poetry slam and read poetry that people submitted. Um so it was mm, like yeah. we read we read listener submissions of slam poetry, uh, and people could bid on stuff. It was really fun. Um, and we uh, are doing it together this year. Um, and so I'm going to fly out to L.A. Christine and inserted in herself into my home. Uh, I, I did. She was like, I'll be there. And I went, you'll be where? And she will be here in, inside my house, inside my mind. So <laughs> I'm already there. We know that I'm already <laughs> in your mind. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be super fun. Um, shout out in advance to Eva for having to do all the behind the scenes stuff on Yay. that. It's very... We, are she very was probably lucky. hoping we forgot about it, but um, we didn't. Oops. Oops. Oopsies. Uh, but anyway, we are very excited about it. I'm excited to hear some of your uh, creepy poetry. It was a real blast last time because mm. speaking of will they, won't they, is a, I feel like there was a lot of sexual tension with Mothman and um, Bigfoot last year. There was a lot. I only got a little jealous, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you want to, some people, they really delivered on the sexy poetry for cryptids. And oh, yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes this year. Like M was supremely uncomfortable and it was the best day of my life. Um, I will, I'm happily willing to relive that though for more <laughs> quality poetry. Yeah, we will get to you the email address and all that in upcoming episodes and on social media. We, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but we'll get the submissions open soon and you can start work on your... Oh, <laughs> fuck. Was that the beginning of the poetry slam? Are you okay. hiding something from me? Okay, that was an accident, but that was the button I was going to press today, actually. Uh-huh. Hey, it worked out. It felt spooky as you were talking about spooky things. Wow, that was... Uh, I'm annoyed that I did it too early, but um, I don't know how I keep doing this today. Your toes are very hyperactive, <laughs> and I... I'm aware of it. As you know, I fidget so much. I can't my, stop. My toes are jealous of your toes that they're getting a little workout. I just can't stop fidgeting. Um, it's probably <laughs> this crappy coffee I'm drinking. <laughs> 
This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace Courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. There are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required and it's less expensive than takeout. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is a perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. I've found myself recently recommending Factor to so many people in my life and this food is really good. So Blaze and I actually get to pick our own meals every week and, you know, separate them in the little drawer in the fridge and, uh, uh, make sure the other keeps their hands off. I personally love the cold brew smoothies. Those are always my go-to in the morning if I'm running around dropping Leona off, don't have time to cook myself breakfast. It's a great solution. Head to factormeals.com drink50 and use code drink50 to get 50% off. That's code drink50 at factormeals.com drink50 to get 50% off. The reason I was going to play that sound for you is because um, I did something. What? I kind of stole your topic for the week. Um, stole my topic? I stole a paranormal topic for the week. And oh, I'll explain why I did it. But I want to first apologize because I know you do have a fear of somehow running out of stories, which I don't think will happen, but I know it's a real fear. So I will offer you any true crime story and replacement in a future episode if you would like to take any of my true crime stories um, to cover What is yourself. the meaning of this? Why so, is there is there does it start <laughs> true crime and become paranormal or did you just say fuck it? I said fuck it. So here's what? A, let There's me not even a reason for this. <laughs> there is a reason. There is a reason. What's happening? So my brother-in-law, Jesse, who you know, who lived with us in LA um, and who works in uh, production in Los Angeles, uh, texted me this week and he said, hey, I just want to let you know the production company that I'm working for is releasing a show next week called Alien Endgame on Discovery Plus. Okay. And I was like, uh-huh. And he was like, I have like a bunch of information and I figured I could send it to you if you're interested or Aww. if you want to send it to M or something. And I was like, maybe I'll just do like a little plot twist and cover an alien story. Um, and so he sent me the episode. I got to watch it like a, a screener of it. Um, and it was super good. And uh, so I just he sent me some details about a Kentucky alien and I just encounter and I just felt like I had to cover it. So I'm wow. sorry. I stole your uh, <laughs> my my toes hurt from being stepped on, but it's OK. I, I, I 
I hmm, I don't know how I feel. It's all good, but I am curious as how you're going to set the story up. Because I I've never have I heard you cover an alien story before. I don't think you've heard me cover an alien story. I've never covered one, and I feel weird about it. But I felt also weird about just like messaging you and being like, "Here's a story. You need to do all this research and read all these documents and cover it." I don't know. I just felt weird, and I really wanted to give Jesse's like show a little shout out because um. Man, I wish you. I only wish you told me so we could have both done a little crossover. Oh, mm. well, it's okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm if it gonna, makes you, feel I'm gonna any... get you back. Is all if, I'm gonna say. And I don't know how that, or when. But that's what I'm saying. I want to welcome you to get me back even twice over if you want, because I know that stealing a paranormal story is a it's a big deal for me to be doing. But it's a, it is a spooky move. <laughs> but, but what I could, can tell you is there are several stories in the episode, and I didn't watch the other. I like skipped the other ones to make sure I didn't spoil any of the other stories for myself so there are like four more in the episode if you want to cover any of those aliens i'm Um, into it i'm into it i i don't know how i'll get you back yet i have to find the perfect crime we haven't covered it yet by the way i don't know in my mind (laughs) no okay i'm i'm on it i'm on it my my little brain's ticking away anyway so i apologize again this is the mantel ufo encounter thomas mantel Mantel. Okay, I don't think I've heard of that one. Okay, I hadn't either, obviously. Um, but so here's the the gist of this. So Jesse sent me the screener of Alien Endgame. It's super fun. Um, it's super creepy. I was actually scared and I had to watch some Shit's Creek before bed because I scared myself. <laughs> um, and he also sent me a lot of information that he used when he was helping produce the show. So he sent me um, like pictures of the crash, which I'll talk about, uh, Project Blue Book reports, like all these old documents that have been scanned in and are now declassified. And so he has all these Google folders set up with all this stuff in it. So it was very fun to like dig through. Um, and Thomas Mantell, who's the main character in this story, his grandsons, Eric and Terry, are interviewed in the Alien Endgame episode. So you can like hear his, watch his grandchildren, like discover the story about him and stuff. So it's kind of cool. I think Jesse also sent it to me because it takes place in Franklin, Kentucky. So, you know, pretty nearby local story. Um, So this occurred in uh, 1948. So it's a kind of old timey story. Um, and in June of 2021, the Pentagon, which I th- we haven't totally talked about yet, and I'm sure you will cover at some point, but the Pentagon released um, an official report detailing 144 UFO encounters by the military that they could not explain. Mm-hmm. So it's become clear, basically, that now these military UFO sightings are more than just mass hysteria or weather balloons, etc. Um, oh, all right. So because, you know, they actually admitted, like, hey we're the government and we don't know what these things are. And it's like, well, that's alarming. Totally, totally not helpful and calming. Totally chill. Totally cool. It's fine. Um, So the story took place January 7th of 1948. Control tower operators at Fort Knox, Kentucky began receiving calls about an unidentified flying object that was hovering over the air force base. Hmm. It was described as huge metallic circular in appearance and approximately 250 to 300 feet in diameter moving westward at a pretty good clip. So the first thing I think is maybe this is some uh, experimental aircraft. So they contact the Kentucky Air National Guard to see if like they have any knowledge of what this thing could be. Um, Surprise, surprise. They don't have any experimental aircraft in the area. They don't know what it is. So they send out 25 year old Captain Thomas Mantell 
uh, to the scene. And he is flying a P-51 aircraft, and he is leading four aircraft at that point. So he and these airplanes all go to information to check in on this object, see what it is. And he reports that it's shiny, metallic, and tremendous in size. I know. It gives me the creeps. Um, At one point, he even says he can see observation windows on the craft, which freaks me out. Yeah, because that means someone someone wants to see you. Or there's like people, or not people, but something that can see out. (laughs) Something in there that is able to observe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Out of nowhere, Mantell gives what the episode calls an astonishing order to one of the men in his formation. He says, return to base and arm your planes with hot guns, which basically means like prepare to to fire. fire. Yeah, 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 exactly. On this thing. So he essentially is feeling threatened by whatever this is and thinks this is a serious uh, matter, a serious threat to them. Meanwhile, after sending his men back to load up their weapons at the base, Mantel continues to follow the aircraft and suddenly he's passing like 20,000 feet in the air. He's going higher and higher and following this thing. Um, and here's a clip from one of the newspaper articles uh, that Jesse sent over. It says, what we do know is that a transcript of the communications between the control tower and Captain Mantel indicate Mantel said, the object is directly ahead of and above me now, moving at about half my speed. It appears to be a metallic object or possibly reflection of sun from a metallic object, and it is of tremendous size. I'm still climbing. I'm trying to close in for a better look. Listening to radio traffic between Godman Tower and Captain Mantel was USAF officer Richard Miller, who later claimed he clearly heard Captain Mantel state, my God, I see people in this thing. <gasps> oh, my God. Isn't that fucking terrifying? That's all. At the end, <laughs> that's Ugh. all I needed. Gives that, me shivers. If I were looking for some goose cam today, I officially have it. Yeah, it's so, so creepy. Ugh, and you know they were watching him gain on them. Oh, yeah. We, out their little windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, Xenon, pedal to the metal, go. <laughs> now is not the time to follow the speed limit, Xenon. <laughs> um so suddenly so he's he's going climbing higher and higher following this craft and he's reporting back to the base suddenly they lose touch with him he's going higher and higher and all of a sudden there's this tremendous noise as his airplane spirals and begins to plummet toward the earth and Mm. it crashes to the ground and he is killed upon impact oh shit so the theory is that he suffered from hypoxia at this point, which means he climbed so high in his aircraft that he ran out of oxygen and lost oh, control shit. of his airplane and it went down. Um, but either way, the airplane went down. There are photos of the crash that Jesse sent me. It's very sad. Here are some um, witness reports of what it was like uh, he- seeing or hearing the airplane crash. This is from the U.S. Air Force uh, accident report. So here's one quote of uh the plane crashing the last radio contact with captain mantel was at twenty thousand feet and from all appearances he seemed to have the aircraft under perfect control the aircraft was making a terrific noise ever increasing as it descended according to the statement of two witnesses the airplane exploded halfway between where it started the dive and the ground none of the witnesses observed any fire coming from the aircraft during the descent when mr walker arrived the body of the pilot had been removed from crash by unknown parties had parachute on hmm so, unfortunately, he was killed. He was only 25. Um, really, really tragic. Um, and so, in the episode, Alien Endgame, 
they interview a uh, local resident, Doyle Burnett, who was one of the last people to see the aircraft. He was only seven years old when the actual aircraft um, wow. fell. And so interestingly, this is a very small town, uh, Kentucky. He was seven and his wife now also witnessed a crash. She was four at the time. Shut up. Oh, that's so freaky. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's just so fun. It's like grandma and grandpa both saw this uh, wild <laughs> U- UFO crash situation. Um, so according to Doyle Burnett, he heard an explosion and saw a plane coming down. One wing fell off the plane and flew off into a nearby field. And then Doyle's wife, Patsy, uh, who was also four or so who was four at the time, witnessed the crash as well. Also, I love that their names are Doyle and Patsy. It's just like, I know. What a duo. It feel, feels like a comic, a comic <laughs> it does team. Feel like a comic. Sounds like um like a 1940s like uh investigator team like Patsy and Doyle. Patsy and case. Doyle on the case. That's actually really good. Um it sounds yeah. like a crime. Give us the scoop. Give us the scoop by Patsy and Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that's good. Somebody make a little little film noir poster of that oh yes please um so after the crash news reports went wild um there were headlines about a military craft crashing while chasing a ufo uh but the military did show up on site to investigate so they were taking this pretty seriously patsy even said that they came to her family's house and woke them up in the middle of the night to ask questions about it um which i always find is super suspicious when the military's like we need answers now in the middle of the night like (laughs) Yeah, anytime anytime the story goes that there's like someone in a suit who knocks on your yep. door, men in black it's like, shit. Yeah, it's like we're absolutely here to make sure you never discuss this again. Yeah, and you Oy. need to tell us everything you saw. And she remembers this, and she was only four at the time. If you ever see, by the way, um, something happening, folks, and then you think there might be people in a big old black and white suit come at your door later tonight just like start recording on your phone like just like have it just yeah just maybe just go to like that audio app or whatever it is with the little wave sound just just press record and then tell them everything you want yeah a little voice memo yeah and maybe have a backup recorder going on somewhere in case they try to delete it you know why not just step outside onto the porch and then have the conversation in front of the ring doorbell bingo bango that's what i'm saying yeah i would uh, yeah I feel like for your own sanity before they gaslight the shit out of you that you never saw anything, you know, fun to have. Just have it just in case t- to send to our email just in case I, for safety. I just you get it. And I love recording myself anytime I'm talking to uh, what I assume would be anyway a white man. So um, I just just so they don't try to do any bullshit later with my voice. You never know. You never know. So when uh, Patsy's mother asked these military folks who were following up why Mantel had crashed. They just said the standard uh, answer, which was that he had flown too high and run out of oxygen, but like left out the details of why he was flying so high. Um, And so pretty soon uh, the government kind of turned this into like, oh, it was just a balloon, um, which seems to be one of those classic classic stories. Yeah, favorite. So I'm going to read just this headline or just this part of an article um which is from which came out that week called mysterious object pursued by mantel probably balloon from orange bowl game it says Hmm. the mysterious object in the sky which captain thomas f mantel reportedly was chasing when he fell to his death in a plane crash last wednesday may have been nothing more than a helium-filled balloon the associated press reported sunday so they 
thought they started kind of this um, story that this was just a big balloon. It was a misunderstanding. Um, and so Jesse sent this document from, I think it's called NICAP. Is that how you say it? National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. That's how I say it. NICAP. And it lists cases from January through March of 1948 and what they were determined to be. Um, so it's really interesting. They have like the name of the observer, which is often redacted. And then they have a column where it's like, this is what it was determined to be. And they it lists this case as um, a balloon. And some of the other cases, just for fun, and we looked through them. Some were listed as astrological and were either considered to be uh, someone having seen Venus or Jupiter oh. Um, or a flare in uh-huh. the sky or balloon. And so uh, the, and there was actually one in Warren, Minnesota that was just called a hoax. <laughs> so they didn't, even, they didn't even give it a... They weren't even trying. <laughs> a planetary, uh, planetary reason. So suddenly the military reports backpedaled. And instead of, you know, believing this was an unidentified object, even though they had up until now, they reported it was Venus or a weather balloon. But there is an intelligence memo from the Air Force Base that year, which is has been declassified, so we can read it now. And it actually says, quote, it is apparent from the data given above that the object sighted at Godman Air Force Base on, Janu- on 7th January 1948 was not the planet Venus. Therefore, this sighting must be considered as unexplained. So behind the scenes, they're saying, well, it can't be Venus. Um, I wonder why the government, I mean... I'm happy it's happening, but like I do wonder why the government allows things like that to be de- to be declassified. I know, and then they I just know. and then after the fact they're like, "Oh no, not an alien!" It's like you literally handed us this paperwork, and now so you're telling weird. us that we're still wrong. Like, like I, for them to give us information like that, where they're like, "It's clearly not. We absolutely lied in public documentation," and then for things that haven't been declassified yet, but like everyone knows, like it's a little shady. Yeah. For them to still say like, "Oh, you're being irrational," or "Oh, like that's a crazy thought." They're it's just like, gaslighting us. It's like we literally have a bunch of stories you just declassified that make it feel like this really could be a reason. But it's okay. it's weird, and that's why like when um the Pentagon released all that information last year, people were like, "Holy shit!" Like they're admitting we're not crazy. Like we're not all. Nut but then they still do with things it. that haven't been declassified yet. I just feel I just don't know why they allow it to be declassified. I don't know. Like, is there like a statute I limitation? I feel or something? like there has to be because I feel like if they were just like withholding a bunch of documentation and we didn't know. I mean, which I'm sure they are anyway. So I don't know. You're right. Yeah, they probably could no pull idea. it off if they really wanted to. And we couldn't I, do anything about it. But for all we know, there's like one like mega alien that they totally know about that happened in the 40s and that mega part alien. they didn't that part they didn't declassify i don't know it's just it's weird where i'm like i can't believe they like just so bluntly let us know i wonder so late so much later i wonder if they were very carefully waiting to release information like you, you know maybe there was like a timing reason i think there was also some speculation i remember listening to a podcast about it there was some speculation that they released it like during i forget what was going on that week but something like really wild was happening and it was almost like they slipped it in like friday afternoon like no to like um to like bury it in (laughs) under other headlines like like it was um it was weirdly released at like a friday at like 5 p.m or something is what i remember hearing yeah Uh, see i would have thought the opposite were like oh big political things are happening right now let's give something let's give them something else to pay attention to no yeah they wanted this to be not apparent i mean according to these theories that i heard but 
that they allegedly wanted this to just kind of fly under the mm. radar, so to speak, um, to not draw too much attention. So um, didn't quite work because people are still talking about it. <laughs> right. But oh, yeah, who right. knows? Maybe they just want the public's help. I don't know. Like maybe they're like, oh, well. I'm sure they don't want my help, but okay. <laughs> I didn't maybe. say your help to <laughs> maybe be clear. They want someone's help. <laughs> I like how I took that as the government needs me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not Uncle Samming you here. It's okay. not quite what I'm doing, but maybe gotcha. I'm. You have so much to offer. You know, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so. This document goes on to explain that the unaided eye would not have been able to see Venus from Mantel's location. They hadn't, like, astrophysicists say it just wouldn't have been possible to see Venus and it wouldn't have been moving in that way. Um, and they also said another planet, the only other planet within range, which was Jupiter, would have also been impossible to spot. So it couldn't have been a planet. Um, as far as the weather balloon theory, according to uh, Franklin, Kentucky publication, the Franklin Favorite, quote, in Tennessee, the callers were reporting a bright bulb-shaped object that was supposedly a weather balloon, although not one single National Weather Bureau office could confirm a balloon launch within the immediate days prior to the sightings. Also, let's remember that this weather balloon was told to us by Thomas Mantell or whatever that, like, there were people in there. Yeah, so, like, right, 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 right. I, I have not forgotten that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's parts of it that definitely do not add up. Yeah. So witness statements from that day also make it seem even more likely that there's more to this story than just a balloon. So there was this air traffic controller named Alex A. Boudreaux. And on Wednesday, um, this is his this is his uh, witness statement. Sorry, Blaze is going up the stairs. He's going to shut the door and it's going to be loud. That sounded like, you know, Christine, I have been telling you for a long time that your house is fucking haunted but like when you have doors that make sounds like that you don't get to tell me i'm wrong because that was the creepiest door i've ever heard right well when you hear a door like that then you're like any noise you're like oh it was probably just like a creak in the house you know it's easy to excuse it there are two different camps of people (laughs) i know and you and i are in the two different camps for sure the delusional one who refuses to accept anything scary if i were ever staying in your house and i heard that door make that sound i'd be like you're out of your fucking mind if you think i'm gonna stay here not even a little bit i hope we caught that on camera because that was quite it i heard it so i think someone's heard that was just like you might as well have just like had a a ghost wailing in the back (laughs) it was just blaze going back to work (laughs) i think um Uh uh-oh i know so here is alex boudreaux's air traffic controller's statement Okay. On Wednesday, January 7th, between 1915 and 1930, there appeared... 1915? Oh, oh, that's the time. <laughs> like, God. 15, I'm like, 19... Well, that's a 15-year difference. Okay. We have definitely uh, time-traveled. Wow. Okay. On Wednesday, January 7th, between 1915 and 1930, there appeared in the sky a bright glowing object which I could not identify. At first, I assumed it to be a star, but the sky being overcast, I knew definitely that it was not a star nor an aircraft because the only aircraft flying in the local area was landing at the time. It was not an aircraft flare nor a balloon because it appeared to be enormous in size. I then observed it through binoculars. It appeared to be cone-shaped, blunt on top, and tapering off toward the bottom. It was going from a bright white to an amber color with a small streak trailing behind. It was at a distance between five and seven miles from the control tower at an altitude of approximately two to 3,000 feet, bobbing up and down and moving in a south-southwesterly direction at a speed exceeding 500 miles per hour. Also, the wind at the time was blowing from east to west, and if it 
If it had been a balloon or lighter than aircraft, it would have drifted in the direction the wind was blowing. So that's an interesting point. There was no sound or unusual noise. Its performance was very unusual, and the light seemed to fade out at times. Just before it disappeared beyond the horizon, the light changed to a sort of red color. Um, Hmm. He said, I've engaged in aviation as an air traffic control tower operator and a private pilot for a period of five years, and thus far in all my experience... And thus far, in all my experience, I have never encountered an optical illusion or any physical defect that would disqualify my possessions of such ratings. Wow. So he's like, don't question me. Yeah. He's like, I didn't come here to play around. <laughs> Not here to play around. Also, um, I I do wonder what the actual speed of a weather balloon that's is. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because it said like, oh, it's exceeding 500 miles. That's what I, I do- thought. I'm like, do weather balloons fucking go faster than that? That's because it's like, like, oh, it's bobbing up and down. I'm like, okay, I could see that being a balloon, and then it's like 500 miles per hour, and I'm like, do they go that fast? I don't know. You know who the uh, the unsung hero of being able to crack alien abduction stories is? Probably like weather balloon experts. (laughs) They're like, no, don't blame us again. They're probably like. That makes no sense at all. That's all I need to hear to know that it was not a weather balloon. He's like bobbing up and down inside the weather balloon. He's like, (laughs) it's me, the expert, looking at my little window. Um, Okay, so another witness was PFC Stanley Oliver, who was on duty at the control tower at Fort Knox when the sighting occurred. He saw what was described as an unidentified object, supposedly 250 to 300 feet in diameter over Mansville, Kentucky. And to him, it resembled an ice cream cone topped with red. See, that man was just hungry. His lunch break was was delayed, and he was really cranky about it. Yeah. He's like, I could see things in the clouds. They're talking to me. (laughs) To be fair, the other guy also described it as a cone shape. Yeah, um, that's true. With red light. So interesting description. Um, And then the other – so this sighting uh, was in Mansville, Kentucky, and the other one was in Columbus, Ohio, which is like two hours north. So this is quite a Mm. range here. And then there were more sightings in Tennessee, which is south. Um, so several witnesses described this. So here's some things that I found, um, interesting that kind of, I read a bunch of the witness statements that matched up. So several witnesses described the color as amber, which Uh I don't know if to me, that sounds very specific. Like they didn't just say red. They said like an amber color, which I thought it also feels like that doesn't help their case. Cause I feel like a lot of people or a lot of like government people could use amber as an explanation for like, uh, like fire coming out of a rocket Mm, or something. Yeah. 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 True. I mean, I know, I know one's saying that there was a rocket there, but I feel like that's fire enough color that they could say like, Oh, it's a flare or it was a hot air balloon and they have, it has fire pumped through it. And I don't know. Yeah, it was it was just weird to me that it was so specific. It wasn't just like oh a reddish brown color. It was like hmm. amber. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's just fair. a term people used, but I, I have no idea. Um, I would so have no- loved to see them say like it was hot pink and purple, <laughs> and see what the government has to say. <laughs> and about then they're that. like, "You mean amber? Oh, oh, I meant amber. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice try." Um, another weird similarity between witness statements that I read is that there was no sound coming from it, which I feel like I hear uh-huh. about UFOs sometimes, which is very creepy. Um, and then that the craft was round with a cone shape behind it. So also kind of an interesting uh, similarity between a bunch of different witnesses. Yeah, I feel like the cone thing happens a lot. And I have also heard, I mean, I feel like I've heard different things with UFOs. Like sometimes there's like mechanical whirring or like... But then there's other times where it's just like eerily silent. Where yeah, like the, this the weird silence freaks me out. Yeah, it's like this massive contraption is ahead of me and making no sound. No like, noise. Yeah, Ugh. that's super creepy. Not into it. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, according to private pilot Albert R. Pickering, who also witnessed the craft, it exhibited motions like that of an elevator climbing and descending vertically. Oh, um, that's would, odd. But I, would, it, it's a perfect description, though, because I totally know, I yeah. know how to envision that. Which is interesting because the other guy said it was kind of bobbing up bobbing. and down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's, and I feel like that's another thing that you've covered some stories where the craft seem to like move in a way that normally our aircraft do not move like in really strange patterns back and forth or like up and down i feel like i covered that with like the tic tac incident or something that's the one i was thinking of where like it was like it was like it could like go back and forth or something yeah it was was going like a bunch of crazy directions and it's like okay no plane does that it didn't make sense right so ultimately the easiest answer is that um, this was just a classified weather balloon project, and some people just go with that, even though, according to me, the expert, <laughs> not okay. uh, not every piece of the puzzle fits into that theory, in my opinion. Um, that being said, uh, if that is the case, I guess if it is like an actual classified weather balloon project for some reason, I guess it makes sense that Mantel had never seen anything like it and was that's true following it but you know i i don't know it it does make me sad too that like for the for the family that it's almost like they're being gaslit too like oh no he was just following a balloon (laughs) it's like wait i always i wonder how how insidious the gaslighting goes like who maybe people are telling each other different things because they truly believe it because yeah they don't know yeah i don't know it's hard to say and like I know I said the grandkids, the grandsons who are, you know, grown adults now were on this episode and like it was very emotional because they went to the scene of the crash. And so like whether it's an alien or not, you know, like their grandfather was killed in this event and they said it. Oh, I got goose came again because it was really sad. They said like this guy had served on D-Day and Mm. now he was home during peacetime and he crashed and died at 25 years old. Like he had gotten through the war and then only to die here yeah and now you know people were saying it was just a balloon which maybe it was which is also you know it's equally as tragic whatever happened but i find it very suspicious yeah so either way it's one of the many ufo stories that's now getting a kind of a fresh look because um, more and more information is coming out from the pentagon revealing that um they don't actually have the answers that they claim they had um, and so if you watch Alien Endgame, um, there's more stories on there. You can watch, I don't know, more details about this one. It's coming out May 20th on Discovery Plus. And um, I'm excited to uh, hear what people think because it really freaked me out. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, the episode really scared me. So the end. <laughs> Yay! You did good. Oh. Oh. Christine. I was, I was looking for the right one. I mean, they both serve the same purpose. You have weirdly nailed it with the buttons. It's my talk show. Welcome. Uh-huh. I don't even know what mine do. They do the same thing. I know, but I can't hear mine. Oh, did you maybe... hear? Did, did you hear me just do that with no. mine? Do it again. Oh yeah. What is that? What was that it's... sound? Do 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 do. That's the um, alien one. Oh, hey, well, you know what? I did it right then, as far as I'm concerned. it it fit the vibe. (laughs) Well, I want to apologize again. I know you're not happy with me for stealing a paranormal topic, and I I apologize. It gives me time to come up with something on my end. You gave me me an open door to be reckless, is what you just said. I literally closed my eyes and said, you do your worst. But I will say, say too, 
I remember last week I brought up the time you covered Velisca Axe Murder House, and um, no, you're right. You're I right. I was very sad that I didn't get to cover that one. So you're may- right. Maybe we're even, but no, you you go be reckless, okay? Maybe we're even. I got to figure out. Hmm. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I, you've just you've given me an opportunity to be too creative, and now my brain is f- flooding with uh, possibilities here. It was also like such a sleepless week that I was like, I don't know if I can do a gruesome murder right now. <laughs> I feel like, and then I watched this alien show and was fucking terrified. So I don't think it helped, but well, you know what? It's just, it's like, I've always saw like, Oh, if I were to cover a true crime, which one would I cover? And somehow I still don't have an answer. So I'm like, damn, now my time's really come. And I, st- I don't know what I'm going to do. Talk baby. I know. <laughs> well, you did a great job, Kristen. Good, well, good job telling you. your thank alien you for- story. Thank you for letting me do that. Um, promise it's the last one until Jesse works on another alien show. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, or until, until you just want to do another alien story, until maybe. I, just I don't know. Decide to say fuck it and do it again. <laughs> until you just decide that you're the paranormal side and I'm the true crime side. Honestly, we might just do it one day and be like, why not? But just a little flipperoo. Anyway, well, that's all I've what got about? For you. And you know what next week is? Yes, I do. It's a special, special. Imagine if I did this to you on your birthday. Well, I was gonna say, is this my last? This is my last episode mm-hmm. in my 20s. Yep. Oh. Sorry I fucked it up. Hey, wow. You know what? There's a there's a lot of emotions going on right now that we're fine. It's You're that, going out with a bang. You're It's just uh, like how the government tries to slip things in on Friday at 5 yeah, p.m. Yeah, exactly. Wait, that's you, a good point. You slipped this alien story in at the Friday 5 p.m. of my 20s. I and said, "Oops. <laughs> I'm already having TGIF. such a crisis about the rest of my life." Uh your no, 30s are great i promise it's like so much less i feel uh, like um you can just move on like clean slate you know just look at it as like a new chapter well i don't know i don't know about that i don't know i don't know oh I'm, i have a lot to process i don't it's, know it's too late it's i'm already in my head about it so we're uh, just all gonna have to roll with the punches unfortunately and linda's gonna have a really great time with you next week <sighs> by the time i'm like 33 maybe i'll be over it so until oh, then great. you're gonna have to deal with that. are you kidding me i have three more years of this shit and then i'm almost 40 and you're gonna have to oh, I can't. i'll let i'll exchange it over once you're turning 40 you're allowed to have that for yourself i don't want but, to well but i'll take it i'll keep complaining oh, i boy. have no problem with that uh oh well i'll see y'all and i'm in my 30s then folks <laughs> when emma's wizened and gray let's see you on the other side and Bye. oh that's why <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> we <laughs> drink across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like updating turbines at one of our indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the gulf of mexico it's and not or See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.